This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, YA is sponsored by The Hand Cell. Get Booked, our podcast for personalized reading recommendations, has added a weekly bonus episode called The Hand Cell. Jen and Amanda, both former booksellers, take five minutes each episode to pitch you a book they think you'll love with notes about what readers the book is perfect for. The host will focus on books they haven't talked about much or at all on the show before. So come hear about a new to you read. Regular episodes of Get Booked will continue to come out every Thursday with a bonus episode of The Hand Cell coming out every Monday. Subscribe to Get Booked wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Hey YA, from great new books to favorite classic reads, from news stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book right podcast hosted by me, Kelly Jensen, alongside Eric Smith. We are coming to you Friday night, January 31st, 2020, and Eric Groundhog Day is coming. It's coming, and I think there are some, there are some books inspired by Groundhog Day that are coming. Uh, I'm a, oh wait, you mean the, the holiday, not the movie. That is, that's, I, I went to the movie right away. I, I mean, I'm talking about both. Okay. No, yeah. I mean, there'll, there'll be repeats of Groundhog Day on, on TV. Get this, get this. I, like, everybody who I've been around lately, I've been telling this to, but, um, I was in California last weekend for a book thing, and I'm going to talk about that in a second, because I've got a funny story there, but, uh, when I was gone, Bill Murray was in town, and uh, I missed Bill Murray, who was in town recording a Jeep commercial that is Groundhog Day themed, <laughs> which by the time listeners see this, you know, obviously Super Bowl will already have happened, the commercial will have run, but like we've been getting teasers of this commercial, and it's like, it, it's living in Groundhog Day because it's Groundhog Day themed, and I'm still so mad I was not here when Bill Murray was here. <sighs> I know, I know. So before I, I tell my California story, why don't you talk about what's been going on in your life? You've been busy. Some big news. Yeah, I'm currently on a book tour for Don't Read the Comments, which just came out. Um, so I apologize to our listeners for a number of things in advance. One, that my sound <laughs> quality might not be as amazing. I am re- recording with no mic. Uh, and two, I literally just opened my notes 10 minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little unprepared. What are books? I don't know. Um yeah, so things have been a little busy. Um, one quick story that I can dish is that uh, while the book tour has been very awesome and I've seen lots of Hey YA's favorite authors over the past few days, like Emily XR Penn and Karen McManus and Robin Talley, a quick story about uh, the event with Karen McManus is that uh, during our in-conversation discussion moment, uh, there were actually teens at the oh, event. Whoa. I know, like that never <laughs> happened. Like I rarely see that at YA events. So there are a bunch of teenagers there who are all wildly excited to talk to Karen. Uh, you could just like see them just like bouncing in their chairs in the, in the back yeah. of the room. Uh, and when we amped it up to questions, this one girl raised her hand and looked at me and she was like, I have a question for the other writer. <laughs> She's like, I want to know who your favorite character in One of Us is Lying was. 
And like, I just like started sweating because I read that book like three years ago when it was like an arc and I don't know anyone's name in the book. Oh man. Uh, I, it was such a good I question. I have no idea. Yeah. No idea. It was such a good question. Um, And like, I don't know. Do you, I was going to ask you, like, do you ever remember characters from like books you read like years ago? Cause like I read books really fast and I usually just remember that I like them. <laughs> I like I remember things about the characters and I remember plot points mm-hmm. and like big themes and and stuff but like names and and the sort of details that other people can hold on to don't stick with me very well. Yeah, yeah, like with one of us is lying. I was like, okay, well, you know, there's the one who's like the criminal and the one who's like the brain because it's all very breakfast clubby. Yeah. But that was it. My mind just was just like wiped <laughs> and I was like, oh no, I'm sorry I let you down. Oh, no. And then, like, another kid asked, like, what I thought of her new book. I was like, it came out two weeks ago. I don't know. I haven't read it yet. And like, ugh. No. Like, I'm sorry, teen fans of Karen, uh, for failing you. <laughs> this is this is why they referred to you as the other author. Yes. You know, the other guy <laughs> over there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but tour has been fun. Good. Um, so while I was in California, uh, I was at the YA Novel Con, which was in... I keep wanting to say San Mateo, but it wasn't San Mateo. It was part of their library um, district. So just outside the Bay Area in uh, Millbrae is the name of the town. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, it was a pretty small group. I think there were 19 authors and they said something like 200 um, attendees showed up for the event. But the day before the actual event, there were school visits. And then I went to a juvenile detention center with a couple of authors and talked to those kids which was incredible like i'm so so glad i got to do that so one of the events that we did at the festival itself was this like round table thing where you were paired up with another author and then you went um table to table in our case it was circle of chairs to circle of chairs and you got to talk with the people who were sitting there so like it was like author speed dating and you know you're supposed to talk about like your book and whatever. Um, my partner is Scott Reitgard, um, who is the author of the Nixia series. And he and I were like, not really talking about our books a whole lot. Uh, we talked about band. We talked about uh, favorite snacks. It, it was, it was great. Um, but all that is to say before we went and did this, I was talking with some of the other authors and one of them introduced herself to me and she said, uh, I don't think we've met, but like, we, I, I know you from Hey YA. And I said, oh, yeah. She goes, um, I'm Katie Henry. And I said, oh, you wrote Heretics Anonymous. And she goes, yeah, the book that Eric hates the cover of. Oh, no. And yeah, Eric, that's the one with the burnt toast. I know, but I. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, we got such a kick out of laughing about how much you didn't like the cover, but like how much you probably would like the book. Um it it was delightful, like gentle ribbing, you know, on on at your expense, which was great. So you were there too. Uh, we were laughing about the burnt toast book cover. Oh my goodness, that is <laughs> hilarious! And also, fun fact about Scott: uh, him and I did an event together uh, like a year ago, and multiple people came up to me trying to get me to sign Nixia because they thought I was him. <laughs> <laughs> Scott was a really cool dude. Um, he was a lot of fun. Like I could have continued talking with him. Like it was it was fun, and he has a really good. Um, speaking of like connecting with teens, he was awesome with the teens. Um, very clear. He was a teacher in his past, like oh, non writer yeah. life. So um, and and you could always tell like when 
uh, authors have worked with the kids and they interact with the kids. It's just, it's a delight, you know? Yeah. And I have his new book, The Ash Lords. I haven't read it yet, but mm-hmm. I'm excited because it was like described to me as like phoenixes, but they're horses. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they go and they fight. I'm like, okay, yeah, no, I'm, I'm in. You got me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the book sells itself, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's hit our first sponsor before we dive into the meat of our show. Although, honestly, we could probably just chit chat like this the whole time and, you know, be fine. But our first sponsor is Tortine, the proud publisher of Echoes Between Us by Katie McGarry. Veronica sees ghosts. More specifically, she sees her mother's ghosts, thanks to the blinding migraines that consume her whole life. But she wonders if there's something more going on. And then there's Golden Boy Sawyer, who's hiding an adrenaline addiction that could kill him. Can they conquer their demons together or only risk losing it all, including their lives? Perfect for fans of Nicola Yoon and John Green, check out Echoes Between Us by Katie McGarry, available now wherever books are sold. And thank you to Tortine for sponsoring the show. Yeah, that that one sounds good. It does sound really good. So let's talk about the big news of... I guess this week, uh, next week by the time listeners tune in, obviously, but, uh, the ALA Youth Media Awards, Hooray! the big, yeah, the big, you know, Emmys, Grammys, whatever award you want to <laughs> call them, um, for children's lit as well as, uh, young adult lit. So, um, those were announced on Monday this week, like super early because they were in Philly this year. So they started at nine Philly time, which was, six west coast time (laughs) (laughs) but yeah let's uh let's dive into some of the winners some of the surprises and talk about some of these books before like diving into ya stuff i just want to talk about how excited i am that the new kid by jerry craft got so many accolades and so many shout outs um i love this middle grade graphic novel when it came out and uh, I think for readers who love comics, it's a must read. And I, I hope that with the Newbery Award, uh, as well as the rest of the decorations it earned, that it will get on even more radars. Yes. Um, the way that it handles race and microaggressions is so, so good. And I um, I think any white person who works with young people, especially, like this should be required reading. Oh, yes. And I was super excited to see that uh, Jasmine Warga's Other Words for Home was a Newbery honor. Um, mm-hmm. I just love her books. I feel like she's super underrated. And yeah, I'm really hyped to see her getting uh, hitting a new audience. I mean, this is like, that's something we've talked about before when it comes to like book awards, like whether they're really big or really small. It's just they, they end up introducing people to books that might have flown under the radar. Uh, mm-hmm. That makes me really happy. Um, even though I did feel a little bit like I was... Um, like I was like reading like a list of like the Grammys or like the Golden Globes because like a whole bunch of them I was like oh shoot I haven't you know I haven't seen that one yet even though it's a book mm-hmm. you know like yeah yeah <laughs> the way I feel about when I see the movies um but yeah you know it's a nice uh, nice way to give myself some homework yeah but it, I mean it also feels good when you look at the list and you're like I kind of guessed that I read that one and I liked that one mm-hmm. or I read that one and like I didn't like it but I 100% see why the committee liked that yeah. one or you know. I so the Prince Award this year, which is the biggest like literary honor for a YA book. I haven't read any of the books that were on the list this year. Um, but as soon as the Ordinary Hazards by Nikki Grimes was named, I had my uh, library's catalog up and I put it on hold, and it's sitting in my my car uh, <laughs> right now. And I 
I just want to say it's a really neat list they came up with this year. Um, it's got a book in translation. It's got a queer graphic novel. It's got this memoir in verse. And it's got a fantasy. And those all took honors um, for the award. And then A.S. King won for Dig. And I feel like her books have been positioned to win for a long, long time. And, and now one did. Yeah. And yeah, I haven't read any of them either. I mean, I have uh, I have a copy of Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up With Me like mm-hmm. on my shelf because like, None of my friends would stop talking about that one. Uh, yeah. So yeah, now I guess I'm going to dig into that one soon. That's one I haven't read either, but again, everybody has been raving about it. So I'm, you know, it's one of those like I was interested in it, but now that it's also an award winner, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, get reading it. Like, quit putting it off. And there's no reason I'm putting it off. Like, there's, you know. So the Morris Award. Can Hooray! we talk about this? Yeah. <laughs> um. So the Morris Award is for the best debut novel of the year and it went to field guide to the north american teen by our friend ben felipe we love him we love him he is the author who had that great dedication um at the beginning of the book to his mom about not being a doctor that eric (laughs) and i just like (laughs) glommed onto early on and um the book itself i just loved i love that it's uh a really unlikable male main character which we do not see very much of at all Yes, that book is delightfully fun. I'm, uh, I'm so glad it won. And ah, uh, have you seen the paperback cover? Yes, yes. Like the paperback is great. I just, I can't wait to see that sticker on there. Hmm. Me too. Me too. Um, for listeners who haven't looked, like, go look at the hardcover and the paperback. I feel like both are great. Oh yeah, fitting covers. Um, which is cool. They're so different that I think if the first one didn't catch a reader, like the second one might. Oh yes, definitely. So the uh, nonfiction award went to a book called Free Lunch by Rex Ogle, and I didn't even hear about this book until the shortlist was named in December, and I haven't gotten to it. Yeah, no, me either. I, I, oh, I haven't, I haven't gotten to any of these. Uh, yeah, I need, I need to do my homework. I did read uh, A Thousand Sisters, I think is the title, mm-hmm. the Elizabeth Wine one, uh, about the, the Night Witches, which is like my favorite, one of the only things about World War II that really, like, captures my interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was really good. So I was excited to see that one pick up, you know, the an honor for for that work. But I'm really curious about this free lunch title. It's, yeah. like, insider baseball sort of stuff. It's a title from Norton, which just started their line of like books for young readers. So I'm yeah. really, really curious to to see what they're what they're all about there. Well, that's a nice win, you know, just starting a uh yeah, just starting a publisher, uh in print rather, and there you go. <laughs> right. So the Amelia Bloomer list is a list that is always interesting to me. It's uh the best feminist books of the year and it it covers books at all levels so picture books through adult books that are great for young feminists but uh i didn't know that the amelia bloomer list was changing its name this year um it's now the rise book list and there's this really great note on the list's website talking about why they made this decision and it it comes down to um while Bloomer was a noted feminist and did all kinds of great things, her values essentially weren't intersectional, and her inability to speak up on behalf of other marginalized groups doesn't align with what the list does anymore. So the committee decided that it was worth changing the list to um, the Rise book list, which I think is a really great 
title for it. Yeah. And I think maybe opens it up to, to people who still have this stigma attached to the label feminist itself. But what I loved about this list this year is so many of the books that I felt got missed, you know, quote unquote missed in the other words ended up on here. So like 13 Doorways, Wolves Behind Them All by Laura Ruby, which was my favorite book last year, um, is on this list as are With the Fire on High by Elizabeth Acevedo, All American Muslim Girl by Nadine Jolie Courtney, Rebel Girls by Elizabeth Keenan, The Love and Lies of Roxana Ali by Sabina Khan. The Grace Year by Kim Liggett, Watch Us Rise by Renee Watson and Ellen Hagen, Shout by Lori Hal Sanderson, and I could go on and on and on. But it's a really fantastic list of inclusive and intersectional uh, YA books. Yeah, that is excellent. Our next uh, award we've got down here, like, I just went through and pulled some and Eric's like, okay, we'll talk about those. Is the uh, the Coretta Scott King Award. And I love that Junata, uh, Junata Patrice's the Stars and the Blackest Between Them got an honor. Uh, that's a book I think really fell under the radar last year. Even though it was a Book of the Month Club pick, I still don't think a lot of people like read it and were screaming about it like I thought they would. Uh, hopefully this this does some more for that. Um, but can we, can we talk about Genesis Begins Again by Alicia D. Williams? That one, was that a Newbery honor too? Oh, I'm not sure. I can't remember. It In addition to Coretta Scott King... Had another honor as well. It, oh, you know what? It was uh, on the Morris shortlist. That's ah, what I'm thinking okay. about. I haven't read it yet. Have you? No, no. In fact, I feel terrible because like, I have the stars and the blackness between them still sitting on my shelf from Book of the Month Club. And I feel like it's one of those, like, Kelly keeps yelling at me to read. <laughs> uh, who was the author you were trying to get me into? Um, Courtney Summers, when you were like, trying to make me read her, her earlier books. Like, this is one of those. I'm going to read it and I'm just going to be mad at myself. Yeah, you will. Yeah. (laughs) Because I know what I'm talking about, Eric. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Schneider Family Book Award. I haven't read either the book or the honor, uh, the winner or the honor this year. So I'm super partial to this award for many reasons. And the uh, winner and honor this year were Cursed by Carol Ruth Silverstein was the winner. And the honor was The Silence Between Us by Allison Gervais. And I'm going to have to pick them up um, because, like I said, I haven't read them. And uh, Cursed, I only remember seeing the cover, but I, I know almost nothing about it. Um, which is weird. It's weird and also humbling to think about like you could spend so much time reading and writing about books. And yet when the awards show up, you're like, how come I haven't heard of this book? You know, like you realize how limited like what you actually know or see is. Let's talk about one more. No, let's talk about two more, three more, four more. Let's talk about a few more. Start with the Stonewall. The winner. For this one is one I keep trying to wrap my head around. It's <laughs> it's the Black Flamingo by Dean Atta, which isn't out in the U.S. yet. It comes out in the summer, but somehow the U.K. version made the list. And I'm so fascinated by this and curious to know what, if any, changes end up happening between the U.K. copy and the U.S. copy. And also, like, how did a U.K. book win the award when it's not available here yet? Yeah, I just got an arc of this in the mail, like, today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's, am I remembering correctly? I believe this one's in verse. Oh, I'm not sure. I didn't open it. I just remember looking at the cover and being like, oh, that's the book. And yeah. Yeah, it's got a really cool cover to it, too. Oh, yeah. And then I thought this was a big deal and worth 
mentioning, this is the first year that the actual awards announcements included the Asian Pacific American Awards for Literature, as well as the American Indian Youth Awards. They were actually like read at the event instead of done separately. And also the Alex Awards were announced, which they used to be just shown on a screen prior to the awards being announced. So like, if you were in the room, you could see them up on the screen. If you weren't in the room, and you were watching it like on livecast, you would see on, you know, livecast just like the list. But they actually read them this year, which was really cool, because it's such a great award. Uh, That's the one for adult books that are great for teen readers. And this year's list was so cool. It had graphic novels, it had nonfiction, it had tons of genre fiction. And um, sadly, I only read one of the books on the list, but that means I've got a lot more reading to do. And I was also really glad to see Hearts Unbroken by Cynthia Letting Smith win the um, Indian Youth Award uh, this year. Yeah, and I was so happy to see Red, White, and Royal Blue on the Alex list. I love that book. You know, as soon as they said it, like the screaming that happened, because oh, it was like, course. that was such a natural Natural choice for that <laughs> list. Do you, uh, do you want to hit our next sponsor? Yes, let's do it. Uh, so sponsor number two. This episode is sponsored by Tortine, the proud publisher of Scammed, the thrilling sequel to Kristen Simmons' The Deceivers. Welcome back to Vale Hall, the elite school for aspiring con artists. Follow Bryn Hilder and her Vale Hall crew as they con the corrupt bad guys of Sakawa City. The stakes are higher, the cons are riskier, and nothing is what it seems. Check out Scam by Kristen Simmons, available in audiobook and wherever books are sold. Visit Tortine.com uh, for great reads. All right. I have The Deceivers. Do you have that one? I have that one. The the nice cover with the uh, the silhouettes. I do not, but I think it changed cover designs. Oh, okay. I think it's I think it's real people on the cover now. The oh. paperback. Well, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I know exactly what you're talking about because I like that hardcover. Yeah, me too. Let's uh let's kick off Black History Month by talking about some rad 2020 Black YA books that are coming out for um readers to pop onto their TBR. Yes. Do you want to start? I do. I do. So uh yeah. My first pick is The Sound of Stars by Alicia Dow. And I don't know if you've seen this one, Kelly, but like this book does, uh, it does that thing that makes me love YA so much because, you know, in, in Kid Lit, I feel like we get to uh, experiment a little more and, and blend genres a little more. And this book just, just runs with that idea. It's, it's set in a dystopia, uh, where mankind doesn't do anything involving arts or music anymore. Feelings really aren't mm. really allowed. Uh, and usually when you hear that kind of plot, you're like, oh, the government is kind of being a jerk, but it has to do with a misunderstanding with aliens what? who have landed. <laughs> uh, and how emotions led to, uh, things not going very well, uh, between, uh, mankind and the aliens. And we meet an alien who finds himself loving our pop music, what? Uh, even though pop music uh, and all that stuff is illegal. Uh, and a girl who runs a uh, sort of like an underground like collection of this stuff. So it's a book about feelings and arts and music and uh, and aliens. <laughs> and uh, I just really like it. And uh, I hope a lot of people pick this one up because I think it's just a really exciting, unique debut novel. How come I haven't heard about this one till now? I know it's like flying under the radar, and it shouldn't. Oh my gosh! It has such a aliens. It has such a gorgeous cover too. Like, ugh. Oh, I'm gonna have to look for. It. I'm sure it's sitting in one of my piles, but 
Oh, man. Oh, it's such a cool book. My first pick is The Voting Booth by Brandy Colbert, Yay. and it should be no surprise. Um, I love this book so, so much, and it was the first book I read this year because my tradition is to read a Brandy book to start the year. Of course. Um, of course. And this one follows two teens over the course of a single day, and that day happens to be Election Day. So Marva is... Uh, our female character, and she's kind of uptight and controlling and really is a by-the-books rule follower. And she is super stoked to be voting in her first election. Like, it is a holiday for her. Um, Duke is our male main character, and he's a little bit more easygoing. And he's also dealing with a really tremendous loss in his life and struggling with the realities of being of mixed race. His mom is white and his father is black. So when Marva casts her vote in the election and she's done, she sees that Duke is having some trouble uh, being able to do that. He's not on the precinct rolls. So she steps in and together the two of them spend this whole day getting to know one another while also working towards the single goal of getting Duke's vote cast and helping to eliminate barriers for uh, other people in their community that would make it hard for them to vote. And it's it's... It's a romance, so of course there's, you know, there's some romantic feelings in there, and I just love it. It's, it does all the things I love. It's set over a single day, it's dual points of view, and I sat down and blew through this in just a couple of hours because it's so well-paced and compelling and just loved it. That was The Voting Booth by Brandy Colbert. Hooray. Have you picked up her middle grade one yet? I've got it sitting on my shelf to pick up really soon. It was one of the few books I scooped up at ALA. I was like very good. I (laughs) I, I grabbed that one. I grabbed Ghost Squad by Clarabelle Ortega. Mm. And yeah, I was just trying to uh, try, try not to be too greedy. So you get, you get two Brandy Colbert books this year. I know. I know. I, um, so, Fun fact, Brandy and I share an agent, and so when December rolled around and I didn't have either of Brandy's books on my shelf, I was getting real nervous, and I was like, I emailed my agent, and I was like, I never do this. I said, but I need one of her books here so I can read it on New Year's, or like my whole tradition is just out the window, and I I can't have that, and she dropped them in the mail, so I got both of them. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Excellent. Always good to have someone on the inside. Right. It's like I never pulled that card, but this time I was like, I can't let this tradition like end because it's too good. It's worked yeah. out too well. <laughs> um, so I guess my next pick is one I've been screaming about a bunch, and that's uh, Not So Pure and Simple by Lamar Giles. Um, I've been shouting about this book so much, Kelly, that I I don't know if you – oh, yeah, you're not, you're not on Twitter these days. I, I gave away <laughs> – I'm not even sure how many copies of this book. Like the publicity team have just kept sending me them. Uh, <laughs> I did like a giveaway of two last week. I did one the week before because I had gotten a book and I was planning to keep that book, but then the book was a uh, book of the month club pick. So I got the special edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've probably had like six copies of this book, like passed through this house. Uh, and it's very good. <laughs> um, so uh, in Not So Pure and Simple, we meet Dell, who's basically had a crush on the same girl since, uh, oh, geez, since they were like in kindergarten. Uh, and now finally that they're in, in high school and things seem to be lining up. The stars are all coming together. Uh, Dell decides to follow her along to volunteer at the local church uh, and accidentally signs a purity pledge. <laughs> All of his friends are giving him a lot of crap for it, his dad included. 
and all the all the boys in the group are basically circling around Kira, trying to you know waiting for their chance to pounce. Uh, and he has to ask himself some important questions, uh, like what does she really want? And you know, is it all about just getting the girl, or is it about you know respecting someone he's known his whole life? Uh, it's a really really lovely book, and uh, yeah, I hope it continues to get all the well deserved buzz that it's getting. Um, yeah, it has like stars all over the place. Keep going. Oh, man, I haven't read this one yet. I'm going to have to. Oh, I think you're going to love this one. Oh, I've got like three or four copies, too. Um, <laughs> and it's like, you know, I whenever I get my mail, I go through and I like I put stuff aside that I'm pretty sure I'll get to. And then I have stuff that like, even if I'm not going to get to it, I want to make sure that I remember it. Yeah. And then there's the stuff that I'm like, definitely not for me, not going to, you know, but like. Sometimes I keep getting the same ones and I keep them all. So I don't know why. <laughs> but it's like I should I should read based on the number of copies that are sitting on my shelf. Like cuz clearly I kept them all for a reason. Yeah. My next pick is All the Things We Never Knew by Liara Tamani and Tamani's first book Calling My Name I think was wildly oh, yeah. underrated. Yeah. And yeah. I I hope that this book gets more people to pick that one up too. Um, I haven't read this one, but it's sitting on my shelf and it's got this incredible cover. So I'm just going to read the little blurb. Um, From the moment that Carly and Rex first locked eyes on a Texas high school basketball court, they knew it was destiny. But can you truly love someone if you don't love yourself? Acclaimed author Liara Tamani's luminous second novel explores love, family, heartbreak, betrayal, and the power of healing. In gorgeous prose, it will appeal to readers of Nicola Yoon and Jacqueline Woodson. It sounds awesome. Um, I love sports books, and this one is not just a sports book, but also a romance. Um, and that is All the Things We Never Knew by Liara Tamani. All right. My uh, next and uh, and last pick is uh, When You Were Everything by Ashley Woodfolk. Uh, So I got to read this one wildly early, and it is just this beautifully devastating novel uh, about a friendship breakup uh, that jumps back and forth through time, showing how things happened uh, and why. And it's it's painful. And I'm really glad we're getting more of these uh, friendship breakup books, because like when I was a kid, those hurt way more than any Mm -hmm. kind of romantic thing. so I hope everyone picks this one up because if you read Ashley's first book, you know that she writes some seriously devastating prose and this is definitely one of those. I cannot wait to read this one and th- read it while thinking about Amy Spaulding's latest yeah, too, which also yeah. does something similar. Like it's a friendship breakup told in, in like forward backward voices. Like so it'll be really interesting to see to see those two like and how similar and different they are. My uh, next pick is You Should See Me in a Crown by Leah Johnson. And this is one that, honestly, you just need to see the cover. And that's enough to put it on your TBR. But I'll also read you the description, which is Liz Lightly has always believed she's too black, too poor, too awkward to shine in her small, rich, prom-obsessed Midwestern town. But it's okay. Liz has plans that will get her out of Campbell, Indiana forever. She'll attend the uber-elite Pennington College, play in their world-famous orchestra, and become a doctor. But when financial aid she was counting on unexpectedly falls through, Liz's plans come crashing down until she's reminded of her school scholarship for prom king and queen. There's nothing Liz wants to do less than endure a gauntlet of social media trolls, catty competitors, and humiliating public events. But despite her devastating fear of the spotlight, she's willing to do whatever it takes to get to Pennington. The only thing that makes it halfway bearable is the new girl in school, Mac. She's smart, funny, and just as much of an outsider as Liz. 
but Mac is also running for queen. Will falling for the competition keep Liz from her dreams or make them come true? Ooh, that sounds so good. Uh, You Should See Me in a Crown by Leah Johnson was that book. And then I was just going to do a quick little shout out to one more title before we we close the show. And that's uh, A Phoenix First Must Burn by Patrice Caldwell. And it's an an anthology. It comes out, I believe, in February. It should be. Is it out maybe when this episode goes live or soon after? Anyway, it's it's an anthology edited by a writer and advocate of diversity and publishing. And I just, I love Patrice and think she is so smart and savvy. And I'm so excited that this is her first, like, published work. Uh, It's a collection of 16 speculative fiction stories about the Black experience and digs into what Black girl magic really means. It sounds out of this world and has such a stellar contributor list. I I can't wait to read it. And that is A Phoenix First Must Burn by Patrice Caldwell. So many good books. I know. Ugh. We are we are spoiled this year. I feel like 2020 is just like packed to the brim with stuff I want to read. Hooray. Yeah. Not a bad problem to have. No, not at all. Well, thank you all for joining us this week uh, as we are coming to you live on Friday night. That's what we're doing. <laughs> After hours, like podcasting in pjs yeah hey ya after dark <laughs> that sounds really bad <laughs> uh if you have any feedback about the show that's not about our really bad jokes uh you can leave it on apple podcasts that lets us know how we're doing and it helps other people find us thanks again to today's sponsors for helping make the show possible you can follow me kelly jensen on instagram at hey kelly jensen and you can follow eric smith on twitter and instagram is eric smith rocks and and if you're in the chicago area you could see us live february 25th which is a tuesday night 6 30 at the bookstall in winnetka which is right off the metro line and right off the l And we hope we see you there. Otherwise, we'll talk to you again in two weeks. Bye. Bye.